Hello, I am Tracy Hitchings. My guest today is James Finney, whose podcast show is Father Finney, the best that man can get. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a very good night to you wherever you are across the globe. I am transmitting from the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. You have tuned into Tracy's Prog World. Um, it's a good evening here on the Gold Coast. I hope you've been keeping safe and enjoying the experience of good things that haven't been tampered with yet by the elitists. I met James online a year ago or so and realised that I'd met a new age philosopher with a twist. James gives a refreshing perspective on life that had me addicted to him with his self-loathing inverted ideology. So I should not keep you all waiting a moment longer as this very English man has zoomed in from the Isle of UK. Mm. So welcome, Father Finney. Well, hello. Yes, thank you for having me in the uh, sunny, sunshine coast of where you are. Thank you very much. Yes, it, it is. It's, very, it's, it's a sunny, sunshine, sunshine coast, but that's just a bit further up. We're on the Gold Coast, but they're oh, very oh. attached close together. <laughs> so you're not, you're not far off there. You know, I drive about... Right. Um, Three hours and I'll be on the Sunshine Coast. But yeah, but it is a sunny coast as well. Yeah, so wow. You're quite right. We've just got a blood moon <laughs> right now. We, we have no sun. It's all gone. Yes. Really? So what was that? Did, that? did you experience anything in the air or is it just something to visually look at? Uh, it's just bloody cold, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just cold. So, well, you know, you're, you're headed towards a spring sort of time, aren't you, at the moment? Yeah. So is there any yes. signs of that? Oh, loads of it. Yes. Uh, beautiful, sunny days. Last couple of days have been fantastic. Out and about. Oh, that's lovely. I went into my back garden for the first time since October. So that was uh, that was good. And what's your back garden looking like? Is there any yeah. crocuses popping out yet? Or is it just a bit too early? Um, I think dead would be the best word right now. They've not started yet, have they? <laughs> no, there's a there's a few tulips, but or or whatever they would be called, but daffodils, sorry. But uh, the the main stuff there is the carcasses from last year. So I need to clear all that out. Well, oh, that's what, you know, I kind of miss that English kind of crisp morning. And uh, I, I do miss a bit of that. You know, we have other things over here. But really? yeah, that's that, that those memories are growing up and the bluebells coming up and the crocuses and iris is coming up and walking out in the woods as a kid. And, you know, all that stuff. That's yeah. Smells yeah. And uh, yes, wonderful. The smell of damp. Smells, you know what? <laughs> the smell of damp is that, well, we get that here, but it's a very different damp on the Gold Coast when it's, mm. I mean, we've just um, had our longest day, I think. And um it's still swelteringly hot here, but damp in England is different to damp in Australia. Ah, yeah, okay. It's a different, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those damp, sort of misty, smelly mornings in England. Yeah. Uh, yeah love it, it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So, James, as you say of yourself, you were born, you heard music. Yeah. Then you felt music. Mm -hmm. Then you saw music, then got a job in a music shop, then pushed into a studio then taken to another studio, then went missing in factories, philosophies, debt and depression. Then you bought a decent hi-fi and you began breathing again. <laughs> yes. I love you. <laughs> Tell us a bit about this, James. Well, uh, well maybe we'll go backwards. Uh, I'll go with the hi-fi. Yeah. Um, I was doing it today playing uh what was the albums today i dug out i don't know if any of your your followers are into like uh who was it depeche mode was today's day uh a couple of depeche mode albums i loved depeche mode that's that's the 80s isn't it depeche mode yeah but this this is the stuff that was the latter stuff 
the stuff where they departed the bleeps and squeaks, where they actually used real instruments sampling. Ah, and, and, right, yes, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah and yeah. like the high quality production. It's just the sound of it and the emotion of it. Uh, David Garn's voice is just incredible. And uh, yeah, the emotion that I get from that is, is great. Because I, I was talking to someone, I think it was only today, that one of the reasons I hate, I gave up music as an interest is when you're in the corporate world, you've got to go to bed by a certain time and then be up by a certain time. But if I hear music at seven, eight in the evening, I'm going to be wired for hours because there's something that comes from music that has an effect on me. I get more energy from an album than I would a chocolate bar. So I couldn't listen to music. So I pretty much killed it all off. Oh, how interesting. So you had to make a choice there in order to be able to focus on that yeah. corporate job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was stupid uh, in hindsight. But there we go. Well, it's experience, isn't it? It's experience. Yeah. I, I think it's the case that many people have that they they do things because of their job. Even when they're not at work, they have routines at home based around a job that they're not at. Mm. Like, I've got to go to bed by blah, I've got to do this, got to do that. Yeah. And it detracts from the living or any beauty of life. And um, yeah, so um, that was one of the side effects. But having a, a good hi-fi and listening to good albums again is... Um, Good for the soul, anyway. Were you ever into the sort of more rock stuff yourself? Everything. It's easier for me to list what I'm not into, uh, which would be Gabba. I don't know what the hell that is, but it's bloody awful. Uh, <laughs> some sort of garage stuff. Um, grime, I don't like. And maybe parts of speed metal. And mo- modern orchestral stuff where, pe- where it sounds like they're falling down the stairs. That sort of yeah. stuff I'm not into. Um, everything else, yeah, I do like it, yes. So, because I, I, I know that you worked in recording studios, as I believe as a sound engineer. Mm. So tell us about that. I wanted to be a producer, but never followed it up. Um, I should have really gotten into that. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what got me into it? Technology. It's really weird, because the music came first, obviously. If I take my mind back to when I was a Todd, it would have been just the sound of a synthesizer. So my mum was playing Jean-Michel Jarre Oxygen, 1978, 79, yeah. on vinyl, on a really good yeah. Blau Punk stereo. So, no, it wasn't Blau Punk, it was Bang & Olufsen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a great sounding album that had an effect. I mean, just the sound of it, those synthesizers and stuff. So that got me into synth slightly. And then I was off into the whole, I got into, sort of into heavy metal, Iron Maiden, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then um, I heard more since stuff along the lines of Gary Newman. Oh, yes. And, that's, and that sort of swung me back into it. Yeah. So it was the technology of it and what they could do. And that's what really got me into the instruments. Because I could never play, the thing I hated about guitars is they break strings. Mm-hmm. Yes. You've always got to tune them up. They do, you do. Didn't have the patience for that. So I was like, keyboard, great, right. turn it on and go. <laughs> Yeah. So that was sort of got my inclination as well. But it was always the sound. It was the soundscape that fascinated me. Um, it's the quality of a production that sucks me in as opposed to what a riff is or the words. To me, it's the overall picture that, that sort of draws me in. Hence why I got into sound engineering, because I just thought it was it's just painting with sound. It's fantastic to do that if you're allowed to. So you were you were trained in a studio or you just were there long enough to start picking up? No, I blagged it. I had no idea what I was doing. I listened to a lot of music, but I read a lot of music technology magazines. This was prior to internet stuff. So I swatted up on a lot of magazines and tech stuff. 
And then when I was in the music shop, because I wasn't really selling the stuff, I was displaying it. And I wanted to get it all out of the boxes and actually get it on use as opposed to selling it. Yeah. I was ushered off to a studio and the guy asked, Would, could you rewire the studio and do this and do that? And I was like, yeah, I hadn't. But I said yes, um, <laughs> but pulled it off when I got there. So, uh, yeah, got it all sorted out, moved him up into a more modern time. So he had synthesizers as well as old stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's how I got into it, really. Isn't it funny when something is so passionate within that you can just do that? You can just say, yeah, and you do it, you wing it, and you find yourself doing it because something's drawing that aspect of yourself in there, isn't it? Like yeah. that vibration, yeah. that high vibration. And we can suddenly do things that uh, we didn't even plan for. No. It's funny, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's so many things that draw me in on the music. The emotion of it, there's... There's so much you can capture, um, like with a live performance. Just when you get a take right, there's just you just know that's the take, that's the one. Um, it's a great thing to experience and do. So would it would it be right to say that you you don't enjoy symphonic rock music? Define that to me. Um, I suppose I'd say like um, yes. Oh, okay. You know, have you heard of Yes with Rick Wakeman? Yep, absolutely. Yep, I've uh, seen him. I, I think I bought one of his educational VHS cassettes once. Um, oh, right, there you go. Yeah, it, it's. I, I did like it, but it's not something I wanted to go out and buy or regularly listen to. I'm aware and I can appreciate the skills within it. They're all great performers, and as a combination, yes, they are a great act. But for me, there was something that didn't. Maybe I'm a supporter of the underdog, where the people don't have musical skill. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but it's like, for example, Depeche Mode. They weren't great musos. They were just four guys carrying big synthesizers on the underground, going to Top of the Pops and pushing buttons. They weren't great musicals, but they developed and progressed. Uh, I'm sure it's the same with Iron Maiden. They probably didn't go any classical training. They progressed and built up the skills and, and so many bands. Like Nine Inch Nails, they're one of my favorite all-time acts. Right. And that is predominantly sampling or putting bits together that you don't have to be a, a great musician. However, Trent Reznor now is a great musician. So it's which comes first, the idea and the skill, or is it the skill and the idea? So, so bands like Genesis would have been, again, not something that you would have particularly been gravitating toward. No, friends of mine were into it, but I wasn't. Um, however... Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Mike and the Mechanics, some of their tracks I liked. Some of Phil Collins' stuff on his own I liked. Yeah, I've got a Peter Gabriel album. One album is one of my favourite albums. Yeah, um, so that's a bit bizarre. But as when they're all together, not at all. That's that's when they're kind of coming off and doing their more sort of accessible music. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. I would say that's what it sounds like. Um, I'm sure it go, things always go deeper in, in different directions than that. Did you like Queen for for example? Did you like Queen? <laughs> Do you know what? It's bizarre. Utterly hated them as a kid. Um, I hated them at school. I just thought it was just obnoxious. It was just whatever. Um, however, the final two albums I thought were utterly incredible. Yeah. Um, and it's it, I see them as not being Queen. Like one of my favourite Freddie Mercury tracks is the one he did with Monsac Carabalac. Is that song called Barcelona? Barcelona. Oh, my God. What a production. Oh, exactly. Brilliant. I was like, wow, I really like him. Um but innuendo and uh, going slightly mad, those sort of tracks, epic. So in answer to your question, yeah. yes, yeah, eventually. Yeah. So it's where you were. I mean, I grew up with like, I loved all the pop stuff, but I also loved um, 
sort of classical stuff and inversions that you'd see on the TV that were made more, I suppose they're bringing them into, <clears throat> bring them down to more of a easier listening level, you know what I mean? So uh, they'd, they'd redo the scores. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, yes. it's interesting. So in the studio, your job as a sound engineer, you had bands come in and you were in charge of the bands and you did sound engineering in itself to lay down the different tracks and that was your job? Yeah, my job was basically to capture the moment um, uh, as best as quality could yeah. be. Yeah. Um, so that would be that sometimes you'd end up in a sort of producer's shoes because at the cheaper end of the scale, when bands turn up, there is no producer. It's the band. So it's four or five egos in battle. Yeah. Um, on a budget and had to be done <laughs> in a certain time. So I'd have to be, I'm not a fan of politics, but I could be the the, uh, the arbiter, the, the person who could sort of, arbitrator that would bring about an agreement and get things done correctly or if there was an argument over what do you think that takes good i thought that was rubbish do you think that'd be like okay i'm gonna have mm. to sort of uh, <laughs> calm it down yes, and get an agreement that maybe just have another go just just see if you can do it again um or like the drummer's passed out yeah. <laughs> what do we do we've <laughs> got to wake him up yeah. um, th there are situations <laughs> like that and uh yeah you, you do see also mm. um at that early stage of recording in a band's young or early start is the reality of what they sound like being played back to themselves. Like the vocalist hears themselves properly in isolation. It, it can be quite a, um, a shock to the performer of what's, they go, oh, this is me and I'm being soloed out. Everyone is just listening to my voice. That can be a, quite a shock. And same with guitarists and drummers get to hear, they go, oh, I'm not quite in time. I'm not as in time as I thought I was. Um, so it is quite a, sh a shock or a wake-up call to musicians when they go into that stage of recording. It's like, yes, as a band, you muggled by or you hid. Uh, you showed your great parts, but you hid your not-so-great parts. But in this recording, it's all there. Okay. You've gone into podcasting now. And, mm. okay, so let's talk a bit about father finished podcast yeah how it came about why it came about why you're doing it for the reasons you're doing it i've seen you know obviously you've had some great guests on your show some of the science stuff that you talk about as well is fantastic on your show so it's very varied isn't it <laughs> it's very varied actually yes. which is wonderful this is what it's about so um and i want to give my guests varied uh people coming on the show so this is what this it's about variety yeah well when you mentioned me i was like a bit where it's like prog rock i don't have that many albums i've worked in prog rock studios yeah. but i i don't own many yeah yeah well it's all about it's kind of crossing things over because I, although I've, I'm into prog rock, obviously it's what I've grown up on. It's where, it's where I toured for God knows how many years, you know, and wrote albums and all that stuff. But I was always loved my pop music. I always loved, mm. um, you know, all sorts of things that you shouldn't say in progressive rock music, but I don't care anymore. You know, I'll say <laughs> Kajagoogoo used to love them, you know, so I, I don't care yeah. what people really think. I, I used to love all those eighties bands, but I, when I did, Singing, I just was drawn to this progressive rock, massive big sound, and uh, yeah, uh, mm. it was just like a inner kind of pulling. So, yeah. but now my, my writing, I've kind of like um, I've got aspects of that, but I've kind of shifted a little bit more um, back into the sort of I suppose more slightly more accessible. 
Yeah, so okay. I think we all go through our different wow. things, don't we? So, but yeah, yes. but you know, for me, my show's about health as well. It's about the music and um, my wonderful proggers out there listening in now need a bit of variety on the show. We all need variety. And also my show's about health as well, health and well-being. And I, I know a lot of us that um, ended up podcasting has been through something to go and get something better and share. So yeah, that, and that brings me back to the question again of your podcast show being called Father Finney. So Let's go a bit about that, James. Right, okay. I have many and interesting philosophies and religions. I'm not committed to one. I'm not... Um, I don't want to get into the where you draw borders and uh, groups and sort of ends up becoming you're right, you're wrong, that yeah. sort of thing. I, I believe all roads lead to the same point. Yeah. It's just how you dress it yeah. and what wordage is used. Um, I was also inspired originally because I, I the original email address and a few things came about because I was a huge fan, still am, of... Um, Father Ted. Yes. There's only 25 yeah. episodes of it, yeah. but it was an epic and brilliantly created program. And the character Father Jack Hackett was just uh, brilliant. Um, so I just thought, well, I'll just use my name. I'll just use Father Finney. And then it's sort of stuck in various things that I've gotten involved in. So I've kept it because it gives a slight bit of, should I say, not legal protection, but I can hide behind an alias. Um, I can give an opinion and go, well, I was just performing. You know, or if I've said something wrong, I'm just going to perform me. It's fine. <laughs> or if someone wants to question me on the religious connotation of it, well, I am a father. I have a child. I'm a father of ideas, father of this, father of that. So it's a play on words. It's a bit like the statement, the best. What What is it? It was cur- the, I'm stalling a moment here because it, the program is changing title by one word as of next yes, week. Right. So <laughs> at this moment in time, it is the best a man can get. A best a man can get, righty-ho. Yes, but it's becoming the best that man can get because my overall thing... The best... Yeah, because the, the overall thing is that it's a humanity objective, a chasing towards a betterment to, to keep pushing ahead. So I don't want it to sound masculine, but I want it to be that it is mankind. This is the best that man can get. And I look around me and I certainly see in many fields and areas of life and many people that that is lacking. They are by no means or any stretch anywhere near the best that they could be or the best that man can get. So that's why I'm doing it in that sort of title. And my my drawings are pretty basic because I have a loathing of campaigning and, pro- and shall I say, professional advertising, where it's basically a lie. Uh, all the products you see out there, it's a lie. It's not. Re- it doesn't look like that when you buy that burger. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't taste like that. None of the customers look like that. Uh, it's just a nonsense. So it's my anti-campaigning thing by by drawing horrible pictures. So you're talking, when you say uh, about the horrible pictures, are you talking about, I think, what I'd love your yes. picture that advertises your show, that picture of... Uh, draw- yes. Well, every show has its own image. Uh, every show I draw a specific only related to that show. Oh, right. But it's just a drawing like of a figure, isn't it? Yeah, and various, whatever's been discussed in the programme is drawn in that image. Oh, okay. I have to take note of that because when I've been on there, I've just, the ones I've taken notice of at the moment, I've did the last show I've um, listened to of yours. Um, I've listened to a few. Let me just think, who was it? Um, the guy that's got the energy healing. That, um, oh, I know you've done a few different scientists. Oh, Hartmut. Yes. Hartmut. Hartmut yes. Schumacher. Yeah, I, I loved that show. That was a brilliant show yeah i've got him on a bed in that picture in oh, a magnetic yeah. bed uh, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a 
to check this picture out again then. I wasn't checking yeah, the picture. I don't think um, one of the one of the sharers of um, my broadcast, they just show the, the ident picture. I think Apple, a bit boring, they just show the cover photo. Whereas on Anchor and Spotify, each of them show an individual episode picture. I've got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so uh, yeah, that's why I just do the drawing because it's weird because when I was a kid, I had an incredible ability, even though, I, yes, I am teasing my own horn, I could draw everything I see perfectly. And then at 12 or 11 or 12, gone. I couldn't draw, I couldn't draw a matchstick dog. So whatever occurred, things did occur the ability went. So this is just my little bit of sort of reach and withdrawal and maybe getting that back. I don't know. That's what that's part of what defines you as being you anyway. So that that's, you know, that's good to hear that that's why you do it. Yeah. So, um, all righty. So, okay, music being very important to you and obviously you've pointed that out. What value can music have as a therapy? For you, is that a question or for you, is that just a knowing? Both. Um, that, my snap answer to that is, Yes, it is. It's a very valid process. I, it's a catharsic sort of thing. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, pretty hate machine. I could be in a loathsome mood, want to destroy everything. I put that album on. Yes, it's a very aggressive toned album, but by the end of it, I feel a hell of a lot better. Uh, Metallica's Metallica, an epic production that by the end of it, I feel a hell of a lot better. There's a lot of rage that has somehow dissipated because of that wavelength of that album, that, that frequency of that album hits. Uh, I think one of the, their other albums, Saint Anger, just yeah it, that in itself is a therapy session so why someone would pay 100 pounds to speak to someone when you could buy that album for 10 pound and play it really loud is um <laughs> gone me so you're saying that the vibration of that actually does it wake you out of your stuff is that what you're saying it, it, it shifts you out of something it may be if you look at an emotional scale of tones mm. um if you're really down depressed anger is above it so if you're listening to something anger, it's actually lifting you up. It's not an, you could see anger as being negative, but if you're really down, an angry wavelength is a higher thing. So that's actually pulling you up. And then when you're up there, you can go towards an antagonistic sort of thing. And then you <laughs> gradually switch it around. You can hit music, which becomes boring, but you're, you're already better off than being anger, which is lower than boredom, so to speak. <laughs> so there are these ways in which an album can pull you up or the journey of an album uh, the way in which it's been cut and the way they put the songs in order. You know, these guys that there are professionals that actually put albums together. It's their job. And it's not just a case of, right, we're going to have that song first. That's They, they do it for reasons. And um, like with those albums I mentioned, they, they do leave you at a higher state of being, I believe, at the end of it than when it began. It's it's a funny thing. I think it's how we've already also internalised things as well. I mean, I want to say that I love Eight Mile. All right, um, that rap mm, music. What the film? I really do, well, both the film, the the guy. So, yeah, yeah. You know, the story is is. I've said it before. I think on here, the story is amazing. It's really important. These stories are so important to be told. I can't yeah. stand the music. It makes my stomach I feel ill. I can't stand it. What as in Eight Mile Eminem? Yeah, Eminem. Yeah. The music. Yeah, I, can't yeah, okay. bear, I can't bear the music. It makes me feel really depressed. My stomach feels wow. sick. I feel sick in the yeah. stomach. I've not heard every single track, you know, but the story yeah. 
I would listen to the music because of what's behind it. But I, I need to know. Yeah. It's really important to know. But I can't just play it for 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 pure joy because it it's it's just True, uh, yeah. I just I don't and um people might find that a bit bizarre out there because I've been into heavy metal years ago and I've been into I'm into a bit of metal, but I'm mainly sort of a you know a bit more sort of a melodic than that. But that yeah. um that type of um that that sound that frequency for me the sound of eight mile the one that first album that i heard oh oh the first whatever it came out on oh my stomach oh i felt no i can't <laughs> listen to this stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna want to slit my throat you know it's yeah, the that, that title track mm. the title track from that film eight mile eminem did on um mtv award on on an mtv show recently uh which award was it the grammys did he do it this year or last year's last year's grammys maybe it was a bit like yeah, like ACDC did it as well. They did the Grammys, didn't they, about two years ago? And they just did a, a three songs together. And it was just, it blows away the corporates because they're sort of like, what the hell is this? And Eminem did it. And he was getting really miffed because he, his his headset or his microphone, no, not his microphone, his um, monitor amp for his headphones uh, fell out of his trousers and was swinging around. And it, it basically, he's on a live show with millions watching. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he basically, he pulled it off. But I think his aggression, his frustration with that came through even more in the way he delivered it. And it was brilliant the way he delivered it. But you're right. I wouldn't buy his albums and sit there. I'm just going to chill and listen to this. Yeah, yeah. But I can appreciate his performance when he does it because he yeah. does drop it so well when he performs. And that's what I get. I love seeing that when people do it well. Um, I'm a massive fan of Lady Gaga. I'm not into all her tracks but i thank gratefully i was i've seen her in her last concert that she did and she was epic absolutely epic but in every way i don't just mean in the way she dances and looks but her vocals her piano skills and guitar everything is at a, a level that's just game changing for many a person so totally appreciate that so yeah she is an artiste isn't she oh beyond that yes but so just moving forward and you you kind of stated can anyone learn an instrument so what's your answer to that <laughs> <laughs> what's your answer to that yes it is now the quality of that instrument and it's used to <laughs> mankind that's a questionable thing anyone yeah. can learn anything if you can learn to speak you've pretty much got rhythm, pitch, tonality down anyway. So, yes, you can. Uh, whether you're going to find harmony with anyone else, <laughs> I'm sure out of 7 billion citizens, you can. You just need to keep looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyone can learn an instrument. It, for regards for me, I think what put me off music originally was the structure and the way it was taught. So that put me off learning in some way. Oh, yeah. It can be very yes. awkward. If it's done in a clinical, if it's, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've taken a bunch of lessons in my life with things. The best way to be taught is by a song that you love that is teachable yeah. to a beginner. It's got to be one that you like or, or teachable. That really helps. Or some very Absolutely. basic stuff that's really fun and not over, not overthinking. So you can get there in with stuff you like. So before you know it, you see the possibilities. And then when the drier stuff comes up, it makes it more approachable. But when they start just dry, I've taken a handful of guitar lessons, um, I don't know, about three or four years ago, mm. and I, I was falling asleep. I thought, I just, I can't. Then I got somebody else who came in with just that ideology that I said just now, and it was a game changer. You know, I don't need to know everything mm. about the guitar. I just need to be able to songwrite simply. <laughs> but stuff that I love. Yeah. Guitars are great for that. When, when I was using keyboards, it was interesting that most keyboard players it seemed 
created better stuff when they picked up a guitar because uh, because there's an emotional there's there's some there's an act there's a vibration you get from a guitar because obviously it's a resonating piece of wood there's the strings whereas a synthesizer the resonance is coming from somewhere else you're not feeling it a lot the, odd, the oddity about a piano is it's technically a percussion instrument because you're banging strings um whereas a keyboard the sound is elsewhere so so the vibe is slightly missing um however you could always have the buttons with the squeaks and the bleeps and that always makes things more interesting but i think for an emotional thing i don't think there's any greater tool to write with than an acoustic guitar a classic point being i think vince clark is one of the best uk songwriters has ever been with all the bands he's been in you always see him on a guitar even though his his reputation is being the keyboard player for Erasure, Depeche Mode, whatever, but it's the guitar I believe is his main fountain or starting point. It's like you're saying you're 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 more directly in relationship to it because you're plucking the strings and getting the the initial that that vibration in a way that you wouldn't probably get when you're okay. You are. Yeah. You're, you're actually. It's very interesting from the point of view you're seeing a keyboard or piano as a percussive instrument because it is. You are tapping down on something that's that's interesting i've not uh not looked at it that way yeah. um you say um should we constantly explore other genres to grow you're talking about musical genres when you say that yes definitely don't 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 isolate yourself with right i've got my records from when i was a teenager and i'm going to play them again and again and again and bitch about everything else because it comes around in cycles there will be musicians now that are inspired by that that have taken on that torch so keep looking out there, keep keep voyeuring across the various domains and see what you find because some of the stuff I just happened upon just blows my mind. Like a few years ago, I, I started wandering across a few DJ. I watched a few DJ events, big music events. I love Tomorrowland, which is like a club culture type event for a weekend in Belgium. That's got all the world's top DJs. Now, I you could say mm, that's all fakey, fakey music, but within that, there's so many great DJs playing so many great artists' records. And then you can go dig out the artist, um, which I absolutely love. There's, a, there's an app, I, um, Shazam, mind-blowing app, because it literally... Brilliant. Any song, it will go and find it for you. That's just like, <laughs> how does that work? But yeah, the amount of club tracks I've heard, you know, in a two-hour mix, you're thinking the DJ hasn't listed anything they've played. I've no idea what that track was, but Shazam will find it for you. And that's just like... That's brilliant. Yes. I've heard people talk about that, actually. So you're going to get me to go over and look at that now. Yeah. It's it's an incredible app. It's the most useful of all apps I've come across in many a thing. really is. Um, you also um, have said, is it okay to hate dancing? Yeah. I'm obviously changing the subject a bit. <laughs> it's okay to hate dancing. And um, is it okay to hate dancing myself but enjoy watching others? Yeah. I do. I go, Are you sure you hate dancing? Yeah, Are you sure you hate Detest it? Detest it. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate a good performer, a good dancer. I love watching. I say I love. I don't choose to. But when I have where my daughter's been watching it or wants to watch dancing on ice, I can appreciate the skill and the artistry. I've done performing arts. I know how hard it is to hold someone above your head, let alone be standing on ice doing it. It's like, what the hell? I'm not getting yeah, involved in that. Right. Um, <laughs> so I can totally appreciate that. I can see the aesthetic beauty of it, but when you're not aesthetically beautiful and you don't execute it in a kind of way, I wouldn't classify that as dancing. I would classify that as twitching, random motions, <laughs> spasms, perhaps. Um, I wouldn't classify it as dancing. 
No, you wouldn't. Okay. No. When people, very hard. I hate one. it when people come up to you and they go, "Oh, come and dance. Don't be so boring." It's like, no, I don't want to. I'm quite happy to experience and feel the music. I don't need to throw my body in patterns. I just want to be here. Leave me alone. Well, I think it's it's perfectly fine to be a voyeur because you, you can't <laughs> feel everything. You can really enjoy something. You don't necessarily... I mean, I can really enjoy listening to certain music, but I don't necessarily want to sing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've loved um, I mean, I've loved all the pop stuff and, and I join in with it when it's on the radio, when we used to listen to radio back then. Mm. And, uh, you know, but I don't necessarily want to sing it. I, I just got drawn to this other space, but I come back if I've got a party on. Mm. Yeah, got lots of prog parties, but I love the sort of the old stuff that I grew up with, playing that and just singing along to that with my feet up, the kind of thing. Yeah. I love it. The feel of that, you just get taken back to a time, you know, there's that wonderful, or you can get back to taken back to kind of difficult times sometimes, yeah. depending on the song. Uh, they can be great reminders like that, can't they? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it reminds me actually, like, I, I'm a person who prefers to be the performer or doer than the spectator so it's a bit like i'm not a fan of sitting on my couch watching a football match for 90 minutes but i'm quite happy to go and play a game and i think it's the same with music i don't want to dance to it if i'm not performing it or creating it i'll I'll take a back seat i'm not yeah i can't be that sort of middle audience type thing are you so you're saying if you were writing it or you were putting something together you, you enjoy the creativity of but you don't want to necessarily be um the one that's right in the center of it uh, being watched by everything oh no i don't mind that at all uh, what i mean is i don't want to be i don't wish to be the effect of it as in dancing around to it it's it's like it's beyond me I, i'm i it doesn't affect me that way yeah <laughs> okay uh, what's interesting one of the things that you said as you've quoted You've quoted, a thought is senior to the physical universe. Well, however, the mistake people make is thinking thought replaces action. So where in this becomes your aha moment? Is it in there somewhere? Well, the aha moment is I've read a lot of philosophies and it's all about the law of attraction maybe or you've got to visualize, you've got to create the goal. And I'm aware that we manifest what we think. So, so the, the thought or whoever's made the thought brings about a result in the physical universe. Now, it could be upon your body as your body expresses itself or what returns to you. But I think a lot of people get stuck or disappear off down a track of thinking that is it. But it isn't. You still have to physically do something to make it happen. Like I could think of. I could dream of being, let's say, a great musician and I could imagine it and the emotions and do all the positive, the right things. But if you're not doing anything, bugger all's going to happen. You still need to make an action. And I think a lot of people get stuck in the woo-woo thinking because it is senior. It is the most causative thing. However, thought is there to cause a physical action. And if you don't do the physical action, you're not going to have the result that you thought. Do you see what I mean? So that, for me, it was... I may have got too much into the thinking side of things, too much planning, too much this and that. The doing this was greatly lacking. And when a friend of mine made that statement, it was sort of like, boom. Yeah, mm. like that sound. Your doorbell. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my dog. <laughs> my dog. Ah. Oh, it just... There's a little bit of, it's called a preparation gong. Oh, it? That's okay. That's kind of preparation right, gong. Okay. <laughs> 
It's, 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 I'm getting ready to throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you said, um, I'm wondering about your definition of success because you have said, my life is not a success, but I do have the habit of finding out what words mean so I fully under, understand whoever is communicating with me. So I, I, it just makes me really wonder about what your definition of success is for you. Right. Well, if you look at the, I believe, the Latin derivation, it means succeeder, as in to take the throne. So um, it's, you've, you've climbed something, you've uh, overcome, and you've been cause over it, and it's gone the way you intended. I'd see that as a success. It's not something you can measure in money. It's not something you can measure in happiness units. It's if you have set out to achieve something or a stated goal, and that has come to fruition by whatever means, that would be, I would determine as being a success or define as being a success. And that you're worthy of being credited that you're having done it, you've been a success in that field. That's how I see it or how I would define the word success. Right. And, and what, what's success on a, a, an inner level as well for you? That, that's a wholly individual thing. When you say inner level. Um, inner, inner feeling. What's your inner feeling of success? Where you get a glow of self-appreciation, where you can acknowledge oneself for having done something. Um, if I've opened a carton of milk, poured it onto my cornflakes and put the carton of milk back in the fridge without spilling anything... That's a minor success. That, that's, a, that's an amazing success for me. <laughs> I mean, from 11 years of age till now, you have said, bar a few months, I have been under relentless self-doubt, aware of failure, failure and battling to stay alive so I don't end a failure. So, again, I know the show Father Finney comes from this, doesn't yeah. it? Because when I first met you online, it was, we were just, everybody was amazed and stoked at this person, Father Finney, James. We knew you as James yeah. then. And your self loathing and your, your, your ex, well, I'm going to let you talk about this. Come yeah. on, this is what you're here for. It, it's a so, dangerous yeah. thing, the self loathing. It, it's a, the self censoring and correction I do of myself is okay on one side, but I think it was Bruce Lee I recently read as a quote that be careful what you say because your, your subconscious cannot tell the difference. So if you're self-loathing or... Our words, yeah. Yeah. Do you know the phrase? Because I, I, I'm, I'm not paraphrasing it correctly. Oh, no, I know another phrase. I know our words are our wand. And what we say oh, yeah. is vibration. That's a Bruce Lee one, isn't it? Yes, because it, words it have spelling. Is, yeah. That's why he said it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, spelling. Yes. Uh, we're spelling all the time. We're spelling with what we say and the intention behind. Yes. Either, but that's vibration, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I have to be careful. I should, I know I should knock that off, but for whatever reason, it's, it's a thing that's there. I don't know whether I'm self-loathing anymore. I'm just doubtful uh, and a high level of dissatisfaction with oneself and not satisfied not that i'm a hard taskmaster i just i take it that i'm being realistic and i'm observing what i believe to be true and if someone says oh you're an inspiration you're this i'm like well you clearly don't know jack 
yeah. or that's whatever's true <laughs> for you in that moment of time you've seen something great you take that away but I in hindsight can look upon my life and go that's not true I, I can clearly see and I know oh that I'm touching my glasses when I do that that's a strange thing um I know that I am nowhere near my potential and thus there's the self-loathing is because I know for whatever reason, I've let stuff overwhelm me and I haven't done what I should do and what I know I'm capable of doing. But weirdly enough, I don't have the tangible proof that I'm capable of doing it. I just know it. Like, I know my name. That's it. And do you not think sometimes we put so much on the tangible mm. that we're forgetting that we're just still amazing human beings? The fact that we're still here, the fact that you and I are even having this conversation now, it's pretty amazing. We've learned, we've had to learn how to do that. You know? Yeah. And um, uh, that, to, that to me is amazing. That truly is amazing, the feeling of connection. And um, I might find uh, these other outward things difficult. And there's things that I feel like I've personally not, um, I, I, you know, I can feel unworthy, but I've had to get to that point. Well, I'm here for a reason and it's expressing itself to me, but which is the easiest road to take? Which is the easiest? Because it's going to get uncomfortable yeah. as we've been taught in podcasting it's going to get uncomfortable a bit but you get through that eventually and it's going to get uncomfortable again so it's probably learning how to accept that something's not uncomfortable but it is challenging I'm trying to learn all these differences as well to not get yeah because you've also said don't you've also said don't mix in the lower emotions too much as this um, becomes even lower doesn't it yeah. it becomes worse for your creativity so I've had to do a lot of learning over the years with that. And I sometimes trip up and go back there still, but very rarely now, very, very rarely. Mm. But it's learning new habits and it's, it's been appreciative of the words that we're using and what's behind them yeah. and, the, and the, the energies they bring to us because they could bring bad habit to us or they could bring great habit to us. Yeah, the intent of a word or, the, or the, the, the idea, the intention is a very key and fundamental thing. I had a falling out with a a work psychologist who was uh, came into our employment and was talking about communication and the words of this. And I was trying to highlight, well, there's also the intention as part of the communication. She's like, no, there's no such thing. And I'm like, there is, because there's no, if I don't intend to utter anything, I'm not going to utter anything. So there is an intention and there's an emotional tone to that intention that you, that's not, the words don't carry. Well, it's not part of the words, but masked within that, there's this beam of something. You know, you walk into a room and you pick up a vibe. No one's talking, but you get the intention. Um, so there is a lot, a lot of words or uses or, or phrases we take. I sometimes I have these odd moments where I'm just dwelling on stuff. And I think it was yesterday I was dwelling on, I swear, uh, quite a bit. I'm a bit of a potty mouth, so I'm trying to refrain from doing it too much. <laughs> and the odd thing is, I when I look at other podcasts and I see some of them and the way they're swearing just every two syllables, I don't like that. Then I do it sometimes. So I'm like, why am I disliking that, but not disliking what I do? Is there a different, do I get a separate tone or a separate intention in their words? And there is, because I swear in a light, humid way. Whereas some people swear in a, an aggressive, choppy sort of, and it pushes my buttons because it just reminds me of times when I've had that aggression or someone's done that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, you have to be mindful of words have different uses and different meanings for people at different times of the day. 
depending on where they are emotionally. You know, it, it can be a great button for just triggering something. Uh, to me, you know, these areas that you're hitting upon, they're so big to me. They're, they're so life-shifting for me. And working with energy work as well. Mm. That's why I love to show with Hartmut. I, um, go, really going into those wonderful areas. That, that, that was just really something. It was one I did with uh, Brian Moore. And he talks about waves and the, and, and the frequency with water and stuff. It's just sort of like, wow, someone spent their career studying this. And this is like, wow, this is deep. Yeah. I would like to know whether you would come back again and just qualify some other stuff that I'd like to ask you about Father Ted and what you're getting from it and what you want other people to get. To go delve a bit deeper, because there's a reason why we do things. Hmm. And often the, the, the reasons can be even more so. And there's other questions to ask. Okay. So... I mean, I love all that. That's, I think that's what took me into the likes of um, Skeena therapy, quantum healing hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, because it's all about that. It's all about the, the, the meta world, you know, and bringing it into ourselves. Yeah, I, th yeah. I think they're all fundamentally looking at the great physics and various subjects. It all boils down to energy, compression of energy, making mass, blowing up compressed energy or separating it, making energy again. Everything. That is it. Fantastic. Okay, so hey, guys and dolls out there, I hope you've enjoyed this breath of fresh air. James is a, a real <laughs> I, gift to the world. Um, <laughs> I've just had a curry, so I don't know whether you want to say that. <laughs> a very British thing to do, isn't it, to have a curry? Yeah. <laughs> um, I miss the. I actually miss the British curries. I used to love going out for a curry. You know, um, yeah. uh, you, you can get it over here, but it's different. It, it's different. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just something you used to do after the pub, isn't it, as well? So Yeah, well, I've done it because the heating's broke, so I needed to keep myself warm, oh, so I thought, right, I'll, yeah. I'll, have a, like, I'll have a curry. Did you make it yourself, or did you go and buy it? Did, is it a takeaway? I, I bought the ingredients and threw them together in a pot, yes. Oh, well done. You're cooking your <laughs> own three food, James. <laughs> oh, right, okay, yeah. come on, what's, yeah. your, what's your three ingredients? Come on, a curry with three ingredients. You must have a, well, must no, have a the, jar the sauce was made. No, no, I uh, had a tin of fish. Um, cheat, cheat, cheat. Uh, Rogue, Rogan Joss sauce and yeah. uh, egg fried rice. Was it yummy? Yeah. Beautiful. Good for you. Yeah. And what am I going to have? I don't know what I'm going to have for my breakfast. Probably, as everybody does out here, smashed, smashed avocado and poached eggs. <laughs> you, you just get it. All you do is get an avocado and smash it. Wow. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> Every restaurant has it. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. okay, guys and dolls out there. I hope you've listened and loved this uh, breath of fresh air. Fresh air. Um, it's, it's Father Finney coming in. It's James Finney, actually. But mm. Father Finney's the show. Don't miss his podcast because there's some really, truly great stuff on there. And and I, I love it. And uh, I love James's dry sense of humor about life. And uh, you, I kind of think, James, you really do know exactly where everything is at. But getting into the practice of it would be almost losing something. You know, getting well, into the habit of getting things perfect, you'd almost lose an aspect of what makes you a true, true individual. You know true, I mean? yeah. I, I think I have to, I have to overcome my desire to do it. Sometimes I just can't be asked. That, that's my biggest thing. It's like when people go, "Oh, well, you need to do this. You should go out and embrace life." I'm like, "Why? Yeah. I don't today. I don't, I don't, don't feel like it today. No yeah. thanks." And just on a finisher, and uh, before we say complete goodbye, if you were to think of any other bands that come to mind that you've actually loved, or singers, or whatever, who would who comes to mind? Anything oh. from 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 all the years past, from all the years past, or any new stuff as well that you can um, the, the bands that, that get my attention that always do ACDC, bloody brilliant. Um, absolutely love ACDC, Iron Maiden. Where does ACDC come from? Australia, 
well, partly Newcastle. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Scotland. I thought it was Scotland and Australia, but most no, he's uh, he's Geordie uh, Brian Johnson. I sold his really sold his auntie a vacuum cleaner <laughs> once. Yes. Oh really? That's hilarious. Yeah, she lives Tell in Telford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Long Telford, story. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh really? So, so where's the Scottish connection then? Because that often comes up. Bon Scott? Is that what you're thinking? Because the first vocalist of ACDC, Bon Scott, but, was that the connection? Yeah, but was he Scottish though? Because there, there's this always written out to me. There, there could be there, that could be the algorithms there for picking up on Scotland or something like that. Maybe bon they Scott, are. Yeah, yeah. Bonnie so, Scotland, yeah, yeah. Bon Scott. Yeah, I don't know how yeah, Facebook works yeah. or Google. Yeah, yeah, very, very possibly. Well, anybody out there who knows. Uh, that you can certainly write into me on Tracy Hitchens Music at gmail.com. Let me know if you know um, any further answers to that. that. So that's the first one. That's actually very enlightening to hear you say that, James, okay. uh, about that. You sold a vacuum cleaner, Brian Johnson's hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Excellent stuff. <laughs> that's perfect. What a great, what a great note to end this show on. So thank you guys and dolls out there for coming in and joining me. And like I said, I hope you've had great fun here. So you just know you just got to take great care of yourselves until the next uh, podcast will be next week and I look forward to you joining me then so it's bye from James bye 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 James we'll see you next week and it's over and out from Tracy's Prog World Absolutely. So we'll come out then, my darling. All right. Cancel the last um, thing. I shall leave the room now. Sorry, yeah. Is there anything that I didn't bring up that you would like discussed? No, do what you want. A way forward of which you'd like to say things that I might not be saying them or... No, sure, sure. No, sure, sure. Do what you wish. Yeah. Only if you know in your heart, like, oh, I'd like to talk about... Yeah, so... Okay. <laughs> no, I'll no. see you in about half an hour. I'll send. Right, I'll send it to. I'll send a fresh one to your email again. Yeah. And uh, it'll, it'll it'll just have a little a time a time start thing on it there. All right, darling. Okay. See, see you shortly. shortly. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>